Welcome into another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball, where we find the best tools to build the best players. On this episode, we have Craig Snyder. Craig is currently the hitting coach and recruiting coordinator at Texas A&M University. He actually won a national championship when he was at his prior school, which is Florida State University, back in 2018. And in this episode, Craig talks a little bit about what they do at Texas A&M from a development standpoint, what he's looking for in a, in a recruiting standpoint. And it's fun to be able to, to kind of go across onto the softball side and, and see some of the similarities and differences between baseball and softball. Doing some really cool stuff with force plates down there, and he talks a little bit about that in this episode and, and some of the, the cool projects that they have going on behind the scenes. If you haven't already, please make sure to head to patrickjonesbaseball.com slash develop. Put your first name and email in. All my content, weekly content, will be heading out via email, podcasts, drills, advice on recruiting, everything. Uh, so patrickjonesbaseball.com slash develop. Put your name and email in, and you will start to get free content going your way immediately. Ladies and gentlemen, here is now my episode with Craig Snyder. All right, we now welcome on Craig Snyder, who is the hitting coach and recruiting coordinator at Texas A&M for softball. Craig, appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. Looking forward to it, and thanks for inviting me on. So I, I, I always like asking this question because I got a few buddies who um, you know, have only been in softball, and then I've, I have a few buddies who've started out in baseball and now into softball, and actually vice versa, too. Why, why did you start and continue to stay in softball your entire career? You know, it's, it's kind of a funny story for me. Um, I actually started coaching college softball when I was 18. Um, I uh, had gone to Lindsey Wilson College in, in Kentucky, um, played baseball growing up, played in high school and stuff. I was average at best, uh, but loved the game and uh, had an opportunity to walk on uh, at Lindsey Wilson, a small NEI high school. Um, as, 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 as it went on in my senior year, got it injured. It was like, okay, that, that was – I'm not playing, you know. But what they did say is like, hey, listen, you can still come – but we'll put, we'll have a job for you, like in the athletic department, you know, we can do like a work study program. And um, uh, Tom Optenbrow uh, was the head coach at Lindsey Wilson at the time and um, had asked me, said, Hey, come out and you can help out with softball if you'd like. And I said, yeah, sure. Why not? I was going to help pay for school. And my job was to set the machine up every day and feed it. You know, that was in <laughs> 2001. And, you know, so that kind of started and now we would talk hitting and his assistant coach ended up leaving that fall and he hired me. So here I am, 18 years old, coaching kids that are older than me and, you know, brand new to softball. And, and, and softball in Kentucky in 2001 wasn't, uh, wasn't the peak of softball, if you will, at the time. Um, but spent two years there. And then um, Mark Montgomery, who's the head coach now at Maryland, he had taken a job um, down at Centenary College in Louisiana and asked me to come down and be a student assistant and work with hitters and he would pay for my school. So I, I jumped on that and this started to become more of a career path for me, I found out. And um, I uh, spent two years there, got my undergraduate from there. And then um, Coach Gasso at um, University of Oklahoma asked me to be her GA. And so I spent, I spent two years there in, in Norman. And then often, so after that, then there's no more school. So now it's off the real world. So my first, I guess, real job out of, out of college was um, at Stephen F. Austin here in Texas. So I spent four years there. Um, helped work with the hitters and won a conference championship and did some stuff. And then that's when um, 
the, the call came from Coach Alameda at Florida State and uh, asked to come down and work with our hitters and myself and Travis Wilson. We worked with our hitters for nine years and won a national championship in 2018 and then um, got the call to come here to Texas A&M, so come back to Texas. And so it was a great opportunity for me at the time and, you know, jumped on it. And here we are 21 years later. <laughs> coaching. <Yeah. the> team. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. How have you evolved over those 21 years as a coach? Oof, that's, I think that happens on a daily basis, honestly. Yeah. You know, I, uh, from when I was 18, I think this is how it's done to now where I'm like, okay, I never knew what a kinetic chain was. And now I'm, I've learned more about anatomy than I ever thought I would in college. And so, you know, I think, um, I think if you're, if you're going to be good in this game, if you're going to, if you're going to stay stuck in your ways, you're going to get passed up pretty quick. And so, you know, I knew when, when I came, when I came to the SEC and, you know, I had a pretty good idea. We, we would talk a lot about plans and approaches and what we're doing. We weren't too big on the mechanics at the time. So I knew we, we had to get, we had to swing at the right things before we learned how to swing. And so um, after kind of spending a year, I'm like, okay, we, we can do some things better and we can move better. And so I studied a lot of, a lot of, um, teams that I thought moved well um, and how they gathered and how they moved forward and just the rhythm and the rhythm and their, the rhythm before they swing and then their timing of everything. So I uh, spent a lot of time studying that. And so we implemented some of those things this year and we've, we've done it. We've done a nice job. Um, I've been excited for our, our squad. We've, um, we've scored the second most runs we've ever had in the SEC since joining back in 2013. So uh, some good things coming from our hitters this year and they're still young. And so they still continue to learn and grow, but I think you have to evolve, though. Gosh, if you don't evolve, you're going to get passed up in this game quickly. Yeah, you know, I hear that for sure. How how have you been able to make some of those movement changes? Because I know it's hard in a team setting, right? I mean, it's not it's not like the private sector where it's just you and the player. It's a, you, there's time constraints, space constraints. So how how have you gone about being able to make changes that show up in the game? Yeah, so we the, the fall was really big for us this year. Um, what we did individuals and. Um, you know, went through some on-base uh, screening with them, um, trying to test them out to see what what how they, what they can and can't do, and you know the the mobility of from scaps and ankle mobilities and things like that, and then would show them like, listen, th these are your dailies, the, 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 these are the dailies that you need to work on before you step in the cage, and this is the things we need to do when we're in the training room, um, and then you know just learning uh, the stuff we work we work we worked individually like just again on our our timing and our rhythm before that because that's gosh that's hitting right like if you can have some if you can have some rhythm in your in, in your gather and then you can time it up you'll do some good things and so that the fall was big for us on that and just learning how to move and how to stay in the posterior chain and and how to really use ground force to you know to create create some 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 um, some power honestly and and how the body works and so we did a lot of cool stuff with um some, some force plates um we actually the, the insoles that you can put you know, in the cleats, we, we did some measurement there. We're trying to, and we're doing a little study right now between force plates and ground force and uh, bat, bats, or uh, I'm sorry, exit velocity. So uh, kind of some neat things there that uh, we implemented this fall. Is there anything that you can share with that? Not yet, because it's, it's not finalized yet, but because we're still trying to comb through and, and scrub the data. But I, there is there is a correlation though. We're definitely starting to see a correlation of, being able to keep your feet on the ground and how much, how much you know, torque we can create in our swing and our exit velocities. And so the hard parts, there's a lot of variables. Right. And so hitting a moving ball at different spots and people are different. So, but I'm hoping by the, the end of this fall, we'll be able to go, okay, this is what we see and this is how we're doing it.
Mm. Hmm. When it comes to exit velocity, like you just mentioned there, like what, what's a really good exit velocity for a college softball player? You're going to see off, off, off a pitch ball. I mean, if you get in the eighties, that's impressive. Yeah. There's few kids that stay in the eighties. That, 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 that is, that is elite exit speed. A lot of our home runs this year that have left the yard at Davis diamond are anywhere from 72 to 78. Um, and so, um, and it's a, and it's, it's a big park here. So you have to, you have to really get it. You have to really get a hold of it to make it go. But you, we have seen some eighties though. We've definitely seen some eighties that, and that's, that is a hard hit ball. And so and that's, you're, you're all Americans are the ones that are doing that. And they're few far in between. In fact, like a few, very few of the team USA uh, players were in, could, could get in the eighties, honestly. Yeah, that 80s. I've had a, I've tested a few softball players and a um, couple have come close to 80, but yeah, it's impressive. I mean, you hit, able to hit a ball 80 miles an hour um, at any, you know, any speed, but definitely, you know, for sure during a game. When it comes to like building approaches, like with the players and with your team, how do you, is there a team philosophy you have? Like I, I was listening to another podcast you did earlier, you kind of talked about having a common language amongst your players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it starts with us. I mean, the common language for us is going to be we use the numbers on the plate, right? The one through seven. So one being kind of, you know, inside the chalk, you know, the batter's box on the right hand side and seven. So it's the numbers across. And so therefore, when they come off the, the field and ask, hey, where, where was that pitch? Oh, that was a three. Or that's a four. So no, no longer is like, well, it was kind of outside, you know, because my idea of kind of outside and their idea of kind of outside is completely different. And so, so we try to create that common language. So therefore now we have that language. Now we can really start talking about like, Hey, today we're going to be hunting, you know, two through five or Hey, today, you know, let's do a really good job of getting it three, four, five on the plate. Okay. And so we, we now know what we're looking for and we scout that way. So when we look, we watch a pitcher, but Hey, she's going to miss arm side, which is we're looking for two through five on here. So we're going to be facing a lot of in today. So we want to make sure we, we train now, um, to be able to hit the end today and we're gonna so we're gonna do that but um yeah so it, it starts with that common language the one through seven for us and then when you talked about scouting pitchers so how often I'm trying to think of it in, in, in softball terms and I know just because it's kind of the, it's a little bit different I'm just thinking of trying to take the numbers and put them in a softball. So a vertical break in softball, what would be elite? Like 10 degree, like 10, 10 degrees? Yeah, 10 inch vertical break would be really good. That's a, that's a, that's a filthy drop ball. And is there correlations between the, the release point and vertical break? Yes, there is. There is. And so okay. we don't have a ton of that on that right now, but yeah, there, there's definitely a difference in the release point. What would be like an approach if you're facing a pitcher with an eight to 10 inch vertical break? I mean, are you just telling the hitters like have a top down approach? I know it's, I know it's, it's way different because it's coming from down up versus top down from baseball. Yeah. So what, if we're, if we're going to, so we kind of keep, we try to keep everything kind of simple too with this. So if we're going to be facing downspin that day, um, you know, it's because we'll, yeah, you know, the, we have the element of, you know, the upspin in softball, which baseball is kind of similar with the carry fastball now. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's like we're going to be facing downspin that day. You know, we're going to work really hard. Um, we'll start off like, hey, today our, our goal is to make our outs in the air. Is that we're going to make our outs in the air. We want to try to get this ball elevated. We want to try to get underneath it. And let's get this ball in the air. Um, and so th the next thing we're going to do is – hold on, sorry, I've got dogs wrestling. Can you hear that in the background? <laughs> hey, you're good. They're good. Hold on. Let me, let me put these guys up. Give me one okay. second. Let's okay, you're good. This. You're good. <laughs> so if we're going to be facing um, – 
down to we're going to talk about getting the ball in the air and then we're going to talk about kind of when we gather too we're going to try to add a little bit of a hinge to what we're doing all right and so very rarely in our game will you see a pitcher that can throw up and down for a strike like usually it's like what and 80 percent of the time it's going to be the down is going to be the strike the down spin or the up spin is going to be the strike and so we kind of prepare for that um and then when we get it when we get in the box it'll depend so i you know I, again this is where we evolve for years I, i've said no Get your butt in the back of the box. Let's see it up, and let's 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 make them throw strikes. Well, pitchers are evolving now, so no different. Like just in baseball, where everybody's, you know, you're seeing more tilt and swings, and you're going to see a little bit more up in a swing. So the pitchers went, okay, here's 98 at the chest. So now they're having hitters having to adjust again. When no different softball, people started to figure out that the hitters were more in the back of the box, so they could control their break points now. So now it's breaking a little bit later now or it's breaking that whereas before they had a hard time doing that they're evolving now and so I was actually talking with uh, John Malley the other day the hitting coach for the Angels and he actually had spoken about they had they were facing a certain pitcher and so they actually moved a couple inches up in the box to try to catch it before it broke and it was funny to hear that because to me that was always a myth I'm like oh you can't catch it before it breaks and now I'm like well actually this is it's, we have to evolve. We have to evolve. Pitchers are evolving, so now we have to evolve. So, so depending on where that break point is, uh, we we may move up a, a little bit in the box, never to the front. We're not doing that, but we may try to set ourselves up for a little bit more success in the box. You know, facing that elite of a break. And so, um, yeah, and and, and every and every hitter is going to be different. And when we do that, so so the approach that'll be like the there'll be a blanket of like, hey, this is what we're trying to do. But then there'll be an individualized approach to this because there's gonna be some kids that just don't handle down well. So we need to try to put them in the best position possible. Then there's some kids that have better tracking abilities and they can see the ball up. So therefore we're not going to um, move them in, into the front. We'll keep them in the back. And so, and then again, too, it depends on if we're gonna try to run on this catcher or not too, if we stay in the back or move the, you know, up a little bit. So there's a lot of variables that go into it, but yeah, we're definitely, I mean, the blanket side of that is if it's going down, we're gonna try to hit it in the air. If it's spinning up, we're going to try to I, – I, we faced uh, Rachel Garcia in 2018 um, in the World Series. And I told our hitters, like, listen, today, make your outs on the ground. Now, I didn't want them to make their outs on the ground, but that was just our approach. Now, did we make any outs on the ground? No, not even close. <laughs> but we also get four out. So it's like, you know, there's – as a hitting coach, you're going to say things that maybe that's not what you – you know, it's like, we're just going to work backwards here. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to reverse engineer this thing. Like, Hey, let's make our outs on the ground today. And that's doing nothing but thinking about how we're trying to attack something that's, you know, spinning up in the zone. And so um, without having to say the word, like, Hey, I want you to swing down. Cause I don't want that. I want you to stay yeah. above. I want you to look above it and stay above it. And so therefore you get, you get, get a good swing off on it. I was watching a video the other day. I sent it to one of my friends and I saw someone, this is going to sound, you're going to think I'm like crazy, but I, I saw someone run and then swing. And she was like, yeah, that's called slapping. And I said, like, what, like, why would you want to run and swing? And I mean, is that just, you're just trying to hit ground balls? So the slapping game. Um, you guys slap? We have a few slappers. Yes. Um, you're seeing less and less of it though in this game. Um, again, so it goes back to, again, a, a, a win in the SEC right now, you're going to have to score 6.8 runs. So if you're going to score runs, as, as we've now learned, like, like, so bunting is probably not the way to go. I mean, you're playing for one if you're sack bunting, you know, in the first inning with a runner first. So what you have to do is you've got to be able to hit extra base hits. 
right? You got to lose balls in the gap. You got to take your walks when they're presented and hopefully then somebody gets on the backside of one and we score two. Slapping was, was a big part of the game um, probably 10, 15 years ago because defenders weren't good. So you could put a ball on the ground and, and you could probably be safe. Now defenders are too elite. They've grown, the sport's grown. And so you don't see them as much. They're still in our game. We've got one on our team and she's, she's phenomenal. She can fly. Um, where, it, where it does help benefit you is the speed side of it. They can miss hit a ball and be safe. Mm-hmm. So they top a ball or they, they, you know, they come around a ball and cut a ball. They, they can be safe that way. And then that is, it adds a little element of, of craziness on the bases and adds a little bit of pressure for the defense. And so, um, but in that, that we had a rule change happen. The hard thing for slappers is that if they, they were stepping out of the box so much, so they made a rule is like, if you step out of the box, you're automatically out. Well, that just killed slapping games because kids, it's so hard to stay in the box when running through the box. And so, um, but they'd actually change it back this year to where it's now just a strike on the batter. And so there's slappers are still going to be present in our game and they definitely have a purpose for what we do. Um, but you're seeing more and more go away from it. I mean, just like the team we played this weekend, Arkansas, who's number one in the SEC in offense. And there's nine slappers on there. I think, well, they have, they have one that came off the bench at one point, um, but they're going to stand, they're going to tow it up and see how hard they can hit some stuff. So this is perfect because you're the recruiting coordinator. So are you, when you're out recruiting, are, if you see someone's a slapper, are you probably not going to look at them? No, not necessarily that. Um, no. It depends on, it, it, well, it, there's a lot of, it depends on the position they play, um, you know, because if I need some speed or, or you know, or if she's an elite shortstop or an elite defender, well, then we're going to take a look at that pretty heavily. But if I had my pick, pick I'd want to make sure that she could swing away as well. And so it's not just a slapper only. She needs to have the ability to swing the bat as well. And so I think, I, I do think the days of the slapper only kid are, are, are very, they're numbered, I think, in our game. I really do. And so they need to have a few more tools in the tool belt. What are you looking for from a defensive standpoint? Hmm. Well, it depends on the, so I, you know, I, I, maybe, I'm, maybe we'll just start like up the middle, like infield up the middle. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I go off the baseball scale, the 2080 scale, and we're going to measure tools, right? So that's the easy part, you know, arm strength, de, you know, defense, speed, power, hit, hit ability. So I'm looking for that, you know, and so in, in each, each position is going to be a little bit different, right? So I'll, I'll take an elite defender up the middle that has maybe less, less power, you know, or, or less hit. Cause they, I know they're going to, they're going to save us a lot of runs up the middle. And so, um, but you know, athletes, so let's, let's find a kid that can, that can move, that moves a little bit different, you know, that has a good arm and, and can and play those middles and do some stuff. And so now in the corners, I'll, I'll take a little less athlete, but I need more power. And so, and then if you, if you can find those, those short stops or those center fielders or second baseman that can, defend at an elite level and have power and scored some runs well those are unicorns and those are those are the one we're after and so like we've got a catcher right now that you know all american last year hit hit 25 home runs and she's a great catcher i mean so it's you know those, those are unicorns you don't find those too often and um but yeah so that's i mean it, the the recruiting side for me is we're going to measure out the tools all right and then we're going to try to piece those tools together and go okay this goes she could play here because she does this, 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 and this. And so, um, and it's, it, it becomes 
more challenging, but also easier at this level because I'm looking for the top 1%. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it, it's a little bit tougher, uh, like, you know, when I was at SFA, because there's a, there's a big pool of these kids and okay, which one's going to shake out, you know, I'm looking for two to three tools. Now I'm looking for four or five at this level, if we want to compete for national championships. And so, but you know, which one's going to shake out because there's only be one or two of those kids that are making a decision on words before I'm making a decision on 10 kids. Mm, I was going to, my next question was going to be, how do you go about identifying players that you want to recruit? Yeah. So, I mean, you see them at camps, you see them out and we obviously travel ball. We're out you know, amongst it and we're, we're watching those guys. We don't see too much high school ball because we were playing at the same time. Um, but it's, it's definitely one of those, um, you know, we will get video on kids and take a look at them. And, um, and I, and I've got a list from, you know, juniors and seniors right now, all the way down to eighth graders, you know, that just keep an eye on and watching and inviting to camp and, you know, continuing to watch them grow. Um, and I, and I'm really diving into now because it's it, right. It, so every, it, we've got to the point in our game where pretty much everybody can see tools. I mean, pretty good idea. It's just kick and has an overhand velocity of 70 something miles an hour. We can see that. Now we need to know how they think. And, and that's the hard part, right? So um, we actually paired up with S2 Cognition and we're, we're taking tests to see how the brain processes information, how they, how, how, how they um, perceive things and how they, how they think. And so that, I think that's the next level for this stuff um, because now I can get a kid with all the tools, but if, if they don't think at a high level, we've got to develop a lot of stuff. So I may take a kid with maybe a lesser tool, but thinks at a high level and can process at a high level. I may take that over that because those are the kids that are going to be gritty. Those are going to be what help you win in the end. And so, um, I think that's where we're going. I, I don't know how we measure that yet without doing it in camps without, you know, then offering, you know, within NCAA rules, doing stuff like that. But I don't know. I think that's, there's a lot to be learned about that right now. Well, I think the most important things in hitting and in the game, you can't quantify, right? I mean, kind of what you just said, which makes it frustrating, but fun too. I mean, that's what kind of keeps me going anyway is, is man, there's just, there's so many things to learn about the brain and how you process things. And I'm sure you've had players before who, you know, you've had players who are very talented, but they couldn't put it together between the ears. And then you've had vice versa too. So that's interesting. Now, does that, does that get into personality and, and things like that too? Is that some of the tests? No. So it's not a personality test. No, this is, this is purely testing how the brain works so this is actually like a blueprint of how your brain thinks and works and um it's really interesting because you're right so you it, just so they just answer questions or how does that they take a test on a computer uh okay. and there's a lot of different things there'll be some moving objects and then they they'll have a pattern of something's moving and then you have to tell them where that thing was going and so because it has tracking abilities and um, you know, and it, it, it's, yeah, it, it's really, really interesting. Have you had any of your really good hitters do that? Yes. Yeah, so all of our hitters have done it. Um, and it's really interesting. So the ones that I thought would grade well, didn't. And some of the ones that I didn't think would grade well, have graded well. So it's really interesting. And you know, what they talked about, he goes, here's the thing. He said, what has made your kids great is the plan and approach stuff. Because sometimes you're taking the thinking out of it for them. And you're taking, you're, you're, you're allowing them to fail because this is what we're looking for. He goes, and so that's what's the most important thing that you guys do is that offense is that 
you have such a good plan approach. So it over it supersedes some of these deficiencies they have. Um, and so, which is really interesting. Cause I mean, I look at like Haley Lee, for example, our all American kid last year, you know, her freshman year before we arrived, she had two home runs. Well then last year she had 25. It, was, it, it wasn't a swing change. It wasn't that at all. It was how she thought about it. It's how she thought about, you know, hitting something with downspin. It's how she, she learned how to sit on a changeup. you know, how uh, probably half of those home runs were changeups. And so, and, you know, I talked to her, but I'm like, listen, when you learn how to do that, then you get to hit the thing you, you're good at, right? Mm-hmm. You get to hit the velo. You get that now. That, that becomes fun. But all of a sudden, you square up a changeup, and that's gone. That's, that's out of the pocket now. You're probably not seeing that again, you know? And so, and, and away, too. She learned how to, a little bit better to hit away. So, she goes deep away. Guess what? You're getting in now. Awesome. So, that, that's that been fun for her just to learn that side of the ball. And so, and this year, she's gosh, she's hitting hard at a high clip. I think she's hitting 440 again with – 14 bombs but she's got 50 walks on the year because nobody throws to her wow you know but I mean, she's so she did that sitting all the time sitting on a changeup. Mm-hmm. yeah i don't hear that too often she you know she she has that she had the, she had the cognition and ability to think about okay i'm getting a change up right now and so because she watches the game and she learns and she can see patterns for what they are and so it, it was really impressive really impressive for her and I think a lot of times, too, by looking at some off-speed stuff, it slows you down. And so, because I've had hitters before, even before the state, like the Jesse Warrens and stuff, they may be looking for a changeup, and they pull the trigger on something hard, but it put them on time, and they hit it out. Mm-hmm. And so, sometimes sometimes looking for that off-speed pitch and then timing up the off-speed pitch puts you on time for the hard stuff if, if you're a little quick that day. And That's so, interesting because since softball, the, I mean, the pitcher is closer than, you know, in baseball mm-hmm. – you would think the opposite, right? Where they'd be harder to do. Yeah, no, it's the changeup is the easiest pitch to hit in college softball if you're looking for it, or if you think it's coming. It, it really is. I I I, I think it was uh, I can't if it was Millar or whoever it was on the MLB Network one day went. You know, I was never I was always on time for what I was looking for. I may not have hit it, but I was on time for it. And I'm like, that's a that's a that's a bold statement. I like that though because I think when you're when you're actively looking for something your body moves in a certain way, you know, like if you, if you're looking for the change up and you slow yourself down and you move a little bit later, you're on time for it. What are the percentages normally for pitchers who throw change up versus other pitches? You're going to see, I mean, one of the things we do when we scout is like, okay, does she have an off speed pitch? If so, then is it a strike? You know, and what percentage of that is a strike? Because if it's less than 50%, we're not going to look for it unless she just establishes that day. You know, we're not gonna, we're gonna look for the hardest because at the end of the day, like I want to hit fastballs, right? Like that's let's be really good at hitting fastballs. Um, but if you can throw something up there that's fifty miles an hour, and I can time that up, I can hit that a long way as well. Yeah. And so, um, so it depends on the pitcher. It depends on the, that, that pitcher that you know that has one. I mean, we faced a great kid this weekend who didn't have a changeup, but it was up and down in the zone, so it was it presented a problem. Like you have to pick one of the areas and go. We have to either see it up or try to get underneath it and, and, and go get her. And so um, that was a challenge this weekend for sure. But it was good, though. We ran her off the mound twice. And, you know, when you don't have a changeup, it just – I think hitters are too good now. They can time you up pretty quick. They'll get in rhythm with you, and mm, it's it's tough. you got to be able to slow them down. How do you go about giving this information to the players? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so when we do scouting, so I, I did something different this year. I really enjoy it. So that we have video, right? And we have video on everybody. Um, we use the Synergy program and we use Exos. And what I'll do is I'll tell our kids like, hey, listen, I want you to go through and watch all their pictures. That's what I want you to look for. Um, and then uh, they're going to present. So we have a little wheel that will spin. They don't know who's going to be called that day. And they have to get up and present in front of the team, which is great because they don't know who's going to do it. It's different when I'm like, hey, you're doing this tomorrow. Then everybody else can go, I'm not watching it. They, everybody has to watch it now. That's and awesome. So, so it's actually turned out to be pretty cool. And, um, and it, you know, there's some accountability there because, you know, I'm talking like these are your bats. You know, I can watch this. I can watch film till I'm blue in the face. But unless you take – take ownership of your bat, this doesn't matter. You know, it's not my bats. My career is done. And, you know, it's, it's over. I'm doing this. I'm coaching now. So I need you to take accountability for it and watch that. And so they've done that this year. So we'll, we'll go through, we'll watch that film. And then I'll pull up random things that I see, you know, I hate those to change up after this pitch 65% of the time, you know, or, Hey, we can see the grip on this change up, or you can see, you know, when she does this, this is going to be a change up. So we're looking for any, tip that we can find that's going to help us take down that picture that day well you're also helping them with just public speaking skills too right i mean that's that's huge and i don't think you know i mean that's hey that's something that they can take wherever they go when they get done playing i like that absolutely when you have to stand up in front of everybody and present that's that's a tough one and and our our youth today they're really not used to that so it's it's there's a lot of cool things that, that come from what we're doing with this so we got a lot of people who will be listening to this who will be younger, right? They're still in high school. They're playing. There's going to be coaches. What's something when you're out on the recruiting trail that you, you see a lot of times that, you know, maybe it's a, a swing of a flaw or defensively they're not moving a certain way? Like what's something that you would say the majority of players out there, if they, if they worked on, it would help them in the long run? You know, I, I think I, I talk to this a lot about with youth players, um, and it's plate coverage, like from that, that side of the ball. Like, man, like all too often I see these kids just toe the, the chalk and just get in there and whale away. And then the problem becomes is that, you know, I'll ask them, well, so why are you towing the line? Why are you so close to the plate? You know, and they always the answer is, well, I, I want to hit the outside pitch. I'm like, well, which outside pitch? And I'll point to the plate. Like, are you talking about the one that's on the corner here? And I'll point to one that's like on the chalk. And I'm like, well, what's the one on the chalk? And I'll say, well, you know, they just put this rule in baseball and softball that if you get four of those balls that are on the chalk of the other batter's box, you get to go to first base for free. And I said, and they're like, what? But they call it. I'm like, I understand that. But also pitchers miss. Okay. And I said, here's the problem. So here's the mispitch on the plate, right? And look, your hands are almost on top of the plate. So how am I getting to that pitch? Now I've got to, I've got to make contact way out front to hit this pitch. And now I'm hitting it a mile foul. So the thing that that pitcher didn't mean to throw and the thing that you actually want to hit, you can't hit because you're so concerned about the pitch that's not a strike. So I talk about like, like give yourself some room and give that pitcher a shot to miss. But the fat part of the bat on the fat part of the plate. I mean, it's it, it pretty simple. And just by that, you're going to cause more damage. And you're going to get better pitches to hit. And mechanically, you're going to be better. Because as we've seen these kids that crowd so much, the first thing they do is bail now. Because that's the only way you're going to hit something middle end is you have to bail and you have to fly open. So I think that's a big one. And it's that's not necessarily – 
a swing adjustment as much as just an approach adjustment, you know, and that I think that approach will actually help your swing a little bit because you're not having to bail every time and learning how to hit a pitch the other way and learning how to stay behind the ball will help them so much. And I think the other thing too is just, you know, there's never a moment you can't be trying to get in rhythm with the pitcher and not just on deck. And it's in the dugout, like trying to, when am I starting my swing? How am I doing it? When am I starting to move? When am I moving forward? Learning how to do that at a young age would help hitters so much, so much. I actually put a video of my son um, on Twitter as a while, probably a couple of weeks ago, but he, he just naturally watches. He's seven years old and he's in the background and he's, he's right here and he's just starting to hinge and starting to move forward. And it's, I haven't taught him anything. He's just, he just watches our kids. And it's, it's so cool, but he's learning, he's timing things up. He's, he's in rhythm with the pitcher right now. And, you know, I, I tell our hitters that too. It's like, man, every, every time you get a chance to take a rep doing that, do that as much as you can, as much as you can. And so I think those two things, if, if you saw that out of some, out of some youth, that'd be, that'd be incredible plate covers and just learning how to have, be in rhythm and, and with the pitcher and timing them up. And so that would be, I think that'd be a really um, cool thing for them. That's good stuff. Why do you, why do you think that is about players being on top of the play? I mean, do you think that's because of the, the home run revolution? It seems like the last couple of years, at least on the internet anyway. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I think, I think at a young age being what's the hardest thing for people to do is, 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 uh, is wait on something middle away. Right. So instead of trying to make an adjustment on when we start, we just crowd the plate and just wail away at it. You know, again, I think we get so concerned about the, the pitch. that's not a strike either, you know, and it's, it's called, it's called a strike, you know, it, it, at all levels. And so um, I think that has a little bit to do with it. It's just because it's harder to wait. It's hard. They don't, we, nobody's being taught like when to start and when to move forward. You know, everybody's making a step towards the pitcher or making a step towards the ball before the ball's even released. So you're out in front. So therefore it's really hard to hit something middle away. And so when we can learn like, okay, I'm actually going to make my move forward later now, now I can be on time for that pitch. You know, I can, I can stay through that pitch. And so and I think too, it's always, always, always laugh at this one. You know, you'll have a, a hitter on that just hit, and they probably say he struck out. You know, on three pitches that are away, and they'll tell the hitter, maybe it's a lefty hitter. Okay, I saw this, 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 and this. I'm like, it, everybody saw what you got. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> yeah. We saw you strike out. Don't do what they did. Right. <laughs> That's so, awesome. You know I what I, I love probably more than anything else in softball compared to baseball is coaches don't have to wear pants yeah that's right honestly that was i hate wearing i hate wearing pants more than anything else that's my favorite thing if i ever coach softball it would solely be because of that <laughs> yeah i don't think anybody wants to see me wearing pants so we're good i'm glad we don't <laughs> well craig this has been a a lot of fun i appreciate you coming on actually the friend that i referenced earlier when i was talking about slapping which was um gabby moreno and Gabby's a good friend of mine, and, and she actually recommended that I reach out and get you on because she really enjoyed playing for you as a coach and spoke very highly of you. So appreciate you coming on, and I'm always looking for really good coaches. And so anybody, anytime I somebody I know recommends somebody, I always look into it. So I, I appreciate you coming on and taking the time. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, Gabby, she's awesome. I wish I could have coached her for four years. What a great, great athlete and great kid. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Craig. All right, Patrick. Thanks so much.